This is MMA Torch editor Jamie Pennock, and I'm joined on the Torch Audio Update by a different member of Season 9 of The Ultimate Fighter. Cameron Dollar is on with me today. Cameron, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing really well. Now, Cameron, uh, we've seen two of your fights so far on uh, on The Ultimate Fighter. You're uh, into the semifinals. We've got just the final fights left to go. Um Overall, what was the experience like in that six weeks in the house? I mean, from what we've seen so far, they they haven't portrayed you in the best light in the early episodes. Uh, they really helped you redeem yourself in your second in your second fight against Martin Stapleton. Um, what do you think of the way uh, the show has been presented as to as compared to what you went through in the house? Um, you know, uh, the show <clears throat> it's been presented pretty well. As far as you know, what I went through in the house, um, some some things you know, it, it's a reality show, so a lot of things get edited, and uh, people get portrayed as different, you know, different from what they really are. And uh, some of the some of the things, you know, I've got portrayed to be a little bit different than than what I really am, um, you know. But I don't, it doesn't really bother me any. I don't, you know, I don't, just take it with a grain of salt, you know, I, I kind of knew what I was getting into when I was on the show to begin with, and, uh, other than that, I mean, it, it's, it's been pretty good, hopefully, you know, if people watch the season, they go out and buy, you know, buy the season once it, once it comes out on DVD, and they get to see, you know, the behind the, behind the scenes, and stuff that got edited out and whatnot, and see the real, you know, the real, realness of everything else as well. Yeah, I mean, they they portrayed you kind of early as, uh, you know, almost kind of the young punk kid in the house. Um, uh, almost uh, the early episodes, almost tr- trying to make yourself a little cooler than maybe maybe you were at the beginning. And then, um, you know, they, they kind of highlighted you more in a better light, like I said in that episode of Martin Stapleton. Um, but, you know, I've, I've talked to DeMarcus multiple weeks here. Uh, on this podcast, and and he's talked about how, you know, you kind of didn't get a fair shake early on, and how you're just a really honest guy, and they they really kind of portrayed that uh, that part on the show, um, especially with your pre-fight jitters with Martin Stapleton. Is that something that it, that still gets to you? Is that something that you're trying to work on, or is it just kind of, you know, that's just the way you fight? Um, you know, that's just the way I fight. It's something that I like. Uh, you know, it's. So you know, I'm a I'm an adrenaline junkie at heart to begin with. So, um, you know, it's almost like that roller coaster ride. You're waiting in line, waiting in line. All of a sudden, bam! You get on the roller coaster. You're locked in, and that's it. You just got to go for the ride, you know. So uh, it's kind of how I feel with the fighting. You know, I, 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 of course, I'm always nervous, and I like you know I like to be nervous. Uh, let you you know let you know you're not dead yet. So. <laughs> but uh that's just how I fight, you know. Now obviously coming into the show, you're you just turned 22. You're a young fighter coming in. You uh don't have uh a whole lot of years of experience coming in here. So, um there's obviously things that you're wanting to work on getting in here. Being that you wrestled since a really young age, uh what was it like being uh trained by Dan Henderson and um just that whole experience of getting to work with an Olympic wrestler being that that's your background. You know, it was uh it was amazing. I um 
I liked it a lot. I think I liked it a little bit more than most of the other guys because I think I was one of the only guys on our team that had a pretty pretty big wrestling background, you know. Um, a lot of the other guys did more stand-up or were more jiu-jitsu or, you know, a Muay Thai background, boxing and whatnot. And uh, I knew that I would fit in a little bit better with the coach as far as, you know, him being a huge wrestler and me, you know, wrestling as well. So uh, it, it tied in a lot, you know. It, it, I enjoyed the uh, the ground and pound and the, the wrestling techniques and things that we were taught a lot more than the other guys, I think. Um, it was also tough, though, you know. Six weeks is, it seems like a long time when you're out there, but when you look back, it's really not that not that long. And then, uh, you know, he, Dan's got, you know, I'm not the only one there he, that's there that he's teaching, you know, so definitely got to work around everybody else and it's just the time frame and everything the way everything's done is definitely uh definitely different you know so. in the episode with your uh quarterfinal fight when you were when they were um interviewing you before the fight and uh doing your training montage you talked about your stand-up being terrible is is that something that you felt you worked on enough there or uh is is that one of your main uh focal points going forward um to improve upon as you've already got that wrestling base um you know when i was there in the house it just i felt like it was terrible a lot of the other guys you know like you said i was i was one of the youngest guys in the house and i knew that and uh i probably had you know i i knew i had some experience and i had just as my just um, as much of fights as the other guys have, but maybe not as many recognizable fights or well-known fights, you know. Jason Dan, he's fought in the UFC before. He's fought Roger Huerta, those guys and whatnot. You know, Santino, he coaches Efrian from, from last season. So, you know, a lot of those guys, it seemed like they had been around a lot longer than me and they knew what they were doing, you know. It might be a little bit easier for them. It was something a little bit more newer for me, you know. But uh, my stand-up, I, you know, I just, I was told it was kind of bad, you know, from the coaches and, and the, the boxing and whatnot. And uh, so, I, you know, I just kind of took that into consideration and accepted it. And uh, But deep down inside, I knew, you know, it may not be what they were looking for or what they liked, but I was comfortable with it for myself, you know what I mean? It got me to the show. It got me where I was. So I must have been doing something kind of right. You know what I mean? And uh, so I, I just, you know, it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm constantly improving on, constantly trying to make better. But now I feel like my stand-up is coming around to, to be just about as equally as good as my ground game and my wrestling and whatnot. So I'm a lot more well-rounded, especially since I've been back home as well, you know. So. Let's let's touch back on that age difference in the house there. I mean, you you brought up Santino coaching Efren Escudero and um, Jason Dent and his extensive experience. Um, you and Demarcus and Frank and uh, uh, Richie, it seemed like you guys had your little younger guys click, and then you had um, Dent and obviously Pierce on the outside of everything. Um, what was what was that dynamic like for you with? the the older guys kind of looking down on you guys or uh, thinking that all you did was trash talk and um 
What, what, how did that work for you in the house? You know, it was it was definitely kind of weird. Um, you know, Jason Dent and I, I don't even know really how we got off on such a rocky start. Um, you know, it, some of the things got edited, like when I smacked Mark, Mark Miller in his butt. It was funny because they, you know, it got edited to look like Mark Miller and I didn't like each other. But we were actually pretty close, pretty cool, you know good friends i mean we roomed together and uh you know he, he was just irritated we had a hard workout i smacked him in his butt i patted him on the back of the head you know he had a big string of spit hanging from his face and i was i don't know exactly what i was thinking first i was just thinking you know knock it off of his face for whatever but kind of rubbed him the wrong way which i could totally understand you know and uh he, when he pushed me, what they didn't show was J, uh, Jason Dent pushed me back into Mark Miller and started mouthing off, saying how like, you know, um, you know, telling Mark Miller that he should kick my, you know, kick my butt or whatever, and uh, that just rubbed me the wrong way. And and uh, ever since then, Mark, uh, Jason Dent and I kind of didn't start off on, you know on a good note and another thing also when i was in the house another thing they didn't show on the show was within the first week we were there uh jason did accused me of stealing uh a pair of his shoes and uh that just really pissed me off i i kind of went up and confronted him to it you know man to man and asked him you know if he thought i stole them because frankie told me that he was accusing me of it and uh i just you know I told him that I didn't steal him. Five minutes later, he found his shoes, and uh, he, he couldn't apologize or nothing, you know. But um, to make the long story short, it was it was different because they were the older, more mature guys. But at the same time, they were or they were supposed to be the older, more mature guys. But at the same time, they were the most least mature, and and just the hardest ones to get along with. And the ones that were always pointing the finger at somebody else or, you know, just they could not do no wrong. But yet they had been around the sport the longest, you know, they they were older. They were the oldest ones in the house and yet acted like the youngest, you know what I mean? So it was, it was definitely different, hard to get along with them. Yeah, and it seemed it seemed Pierce obviously was the uh, the one ostracized the most and um, he was injured and was it just seemed to kind of bring down the mood of everyone that was around him in there. Is that a pretty fair assessment of, of just Pierce's general aura in the house? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, it was <laughs> – what's really funny is, uh, like, <laughs> when the show very first started, um, before we even made it into the house, um, I was going to cut weight and, uh, I forgot my, forgot my shoes in my room. And, um, I was down in the van with Santino and Jason Pierce and I forgot my shoes. And, uh, I told the driver, like, as we were pulling out of the parking lot, I told the driver, Hey, I need to grab my shoes real quick so I can run on the treadmill. And Jason Pierce just right off the bat, I never even met this guy. I didn't even know him. He was like, you know, he started cussing at me like, "What the, what the f is your problem? How come you know you can't remember your shit or whatever?" And I was just like, "Dude, 
I forgot my shoes. It'll take freaking two minutes for me to run up to my room and grab them, and then, you know, we can be out of here and get on our way. And he's like, whatever. Freaking punk-ass kid, you know. That's all he said. And I was just like, wow, I can I can see what how this guy is going to be. You know what I mean? He's going to be that person. So, And that's exactly how he was. I've never met anybody. He just didn't really have a heart in his soul. Didn't Obviously, you know, people... People will see he uh, had no problem with lying, had no problem with backstabbing, had no problem with starting a fight or being a snake, you know. Um, he really had all the the wrong intentions for being on that show, most definitely, which is which is unfortunate because I don't know why he'd he'd want to do something like that and then you know everybody see it on national television, so. Well, let's get to those fights themselves that you had so far on the show. Uh, your fight to get in the house against Tom Hayden, uh, the show only had the highlights of that bout, but from the looks of it, it was Hayden kind of, uh, handing it to you a little bit in the early, in the early going, and then, uh, you kind of got out of a, uh, of a hold and then took his back and locked in the choke on that one. Um, was that, uh, was that just something where you just persevered through what he was bringing, or did they make it seem like it was worse than it was for you? Um, no, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. We can, you know, like you said, there's no other way of putting it. He was, uh, he definitely was controlling me and uh, whooping my, you know, kicking my butt the entire first round for sure. Um, you know, what's funny is. Yeah, all these people watch this show and, you know, potential fighters and whatnot, and they're like, man, I would do anything to be on that show. I would, you know, I would love to do it. And then they see the guys, you know, that mess things up or whatever, whatever, say things, and they're like, gosh, what an idiot, you know, how could he throw away that opportunity? But in the end, it's really one of the, you know, it's really tough. It's a lot harder than what it looks like. Um the cameras can definitely hide a lot of things, you know. And when we were there for uh, that first fight, it was one of the first. It was one of the. It wasn't one of the hardest fights because of my opponent. It was one of the hardest fights because, I mean, bam, you're there. You've been cutting weight. You walk out. There's not a crowd. There's no family there. There's no support. You're on your own. Your mind really starts to play games on you. <laughs> as far as why are you doing this, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, it, it's definitely crazy. And uh, that first fight, I could not, I could not get pumped up for it. I walked out there and just really didn't care. And then, uh, you know, thank God, after getting rocked around and beat up for the first round, I finally snapped out of it and was like, you know, this is what I've always dreamt of. Here I am doing this, like, what am I doing? Just throwing it away. So finally, I was just like, I've got to do something. I've either got to win this second round and go into a sudden, you know, sudden victory match, or I've got to, I got to put this guy away fast. Otherwise, I'm going back home. And uh, you know, thankfully, I practiced plenty of cardio. And I mean, living in in Colorado, the high altitude, I was a cardio monster. So I I knew I could just go on after that and. And finally put him away and made it one step closer, you know? 
your second fight was pretty much the opposite. Your quarterfinal fight against Martin Stapleton, they really set this up on the show like you had no chance to win. <laughs> they were they were yeah. they were setting up Martin Stapleton as uh this this beast for the UK team and they were setting you up to kind of look like you were scared to go in there and fight. That's just kind of how they were making it come off and instead you get in there um uh, get a big shot on uh, Stapleton early. Uh, you get a really nice throw to get him down, and then, uh, you know, it's just getting in and uh, getting his back and taking the rear naked choke victory again. Um, it was pretty much the opposite of that first performance, and you, you kind of had this one throughout, and I think won a lot of fans over with this fight. You you shocked a lot of people and um, was not the performance that uh, I don't think – anyone was expecting uh based on how they set it up earlier in the show yeah it was uh it was definitely crazy they you know martin stapleton was definitely looked upon as one of their best lightweights you know him being uh one of the older guys not when i say older you know i mean one of the more uh advanced guys you know he's been around the game longer than the than most of the other lightweights that were there you know, and they also really brought up the fact that he was a, you know, a Royal Marine and he, you know, trained the Marines and was a, you know, just a, a total fi- fitness and, you know, strength monster and whatnot. And I, I was, you know, I was nervous. I get nervous for all my fights, but, I, you know, they made it look like I was scared for sure, which, you know, I wasn't really scared. Like I said, it's more of an ad- adrenaline rush, you know. I'm nervous because he's going in there to hurt me just like I'm going in there to hurt him, and one of us is going to come out of there a winner. The other one, you know, our pride's going to be broken a little bit, but we'll walk away and, and live to fight another day. Um, so, yeah, I definitely, you know, was I was definitely the underdog in that fight, and I knew it, but I didn't really, you know, care or was scared as much as they led, you know, led it to be on national television, so. Now, the other storyline that's been going on on the show is the uh, increased rivalry between the U.S. team and Michael Bisping, um, primarily you and DeMarcus, and really DeMarcus and Bisping, and then it was your comments during the tennis match that got things uh, kind of overblown a little bit, and, and Bisping thinking it was... Uh, it was DeMarcus saying it. Um, did they overplay that on TV, or is that something that, you know, Bisping was continually getting under your skin and you tried to do the same thing? Um, you know, they didn't – no, they didn't overplay it by any means. They uh, – it was really – you know, that's really how it was. Um, Bisping's a really cool – he's a good guy, you know, but when, when you get him in, around the camera, he definitely likes to be a little flamboyant, you know, and, and uh, liven things up for the camera for sure. Um, but I had no hard feelings against him. I think he was just, you know, for him splashing that water in DeMarcus's face, I think he was just looking for a reason to make it right, you know. So he just took that comment that I said and, uh, you know, tried to use it as the backbone for making things right for him, you know, squirting DeMarcus in the face. But, uh, you know, when when I was talking crap and, and saying those things that I said when they were uh, during the coach's challenge, it was just all out of fun and games, you know, just teasing. I didn't, you know, I wasn't talking smack to try to start anything or, you know, look like a cocky, you know, arrogant 
jerk or whatever. I was just saying, of course, I wanted our coach to win, and I wanted to to get that money, and I knew, you know, I I could tell it was distracting Michael Bisbing, and it was working, so I wasn't gonna stop. You know what I mean? <laughs> just part of the part of the competition. So well, and that's that's the philosophy he's trying. He's been trying to employ the entire uh, series as well. I mean, he's been <laughs> he, he he outright said that he's trying to get in the in the heads of people. Exactly. Yep. Well, now that the show's been on the air for, uh, you know, however many weeks it's been, nine, ten weeks now, um, what's it been like being back at home and watching uh, the shows and watching the shows with people? And um, has, has your life changed already uh, before even getting to this finale? You know, it's funny because uh, right now I'm in Utah with DeMarcus training out here with, uh, you know, DeMarcus and Jeremy Horn at their, their camp elite elite performance and fitness but uh you know the only thing that's changed is uh you know you go out you go grocery shopping or whatever you get the occasional you know the people that keep up with the fight scene and whatnot asking you for an autograph or saying hi you know asking a bunch of questions but it's real funny because i told demarcus the other day i was like man you know i thought after we got off the show we you know we'd be getting sponsorships you know things would be coming around a lot easier, you know, um, people would, you know, be picking us up, trying to, you know, support us and, and see us go further in the sport and whatnot. It's like, but man, I'm, I'm more broke than I've ever been before. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm out here in Utah sleeping on, you know, an air mattress in DeMarcus's house and we're both broke, you know, so it hasn't, if anything, it's, uh, the living lifestyle and, you know the fame and the the celeb status that everybody thinks that we're living. We're really not. We're, uh, if anything, we're we're worse off than what we were before. But I think I think you got to take two steps back before you can you know take three steps forward. And uh, I think that's just what we're waiting for. Is after this, you know, after the season's over and after everything, you know, all the guts can be spilled about everything. I think our doors will open up a lot more. At least that's what I'm hoping for, you know. <laughs> got to gotta stay positive, so. Well, that's a great co- comment you made, to take two steps back to take a step forward. I mean, that's that's kind of what it is with this because you're by going on this show, you're not guaranteed anything right away, but you're opening up a bunch of doors that maybe you didn't have before. You get yourself exposure, which in turn will get you sponsorships once you're back in fighting, they still have to see how you fight. I mean, they still want to see how you fight uh, on a bigger show. And obviously this opens the door to the UFC because they've generally been bringing all the UFC, the Ultimate Fighter guys onto the at least the finale, and most of them have been getting um, second fights as well if they perform well in the finale. So really you're at least opening that door and uh, hoping that that turns into something more down the line. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's true. Uh, one thing I noticed though, one thing that's a little bit nerve wracking is the, the UFC is definitely tightening up on, um, a lot, a lot of opportunities for certain people, you know, um, if you, if you think back and you look back at all the other seasons and the shows before, uh, a lot of the competitors and contestants, you know, um, were definitely a lot more spoiled on the earlier seasons. They were giving out, you know, lifetime cell phone contracts and, 
making lots of more money for their fights and you know you had burger king giving out five thousand dollar bonuses for winning their fights and just they just had a um a bunch of different you know incentives and whatnot and uh definitely being on this season i noticed you know i don't know if it's because of the the hard economic times you know that we see throughout society or not but uh definitely you know you could definitely see a difference when you were there um, we didn't. We really didn't have any bonuses, and I think people will be surprised um, with who they see. Possibly, um, you know. I, like I said, I can't say too much, but we'll be surprised once everything's done and said with, and and, and seeing what what happens. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, so yeah. far, I mean, through what we've seen so far, and uh, what you know, we've got coming up. Are you happy you went on the show? Are you happy with the time you spent there? Are you happy with your performances? And uh, uh, where, what's next for you once we get to this finale and uh, beyond? Um, you know, I, I am happy. Uh, I've taken everything that I've learned, you know, and I, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for being on that show. I learned a lot about my myself and, uh, you know, my own character as far as with, with fighting and, and the sport and whatnot. And I also learned a lot, you know, a, a lot of different moves and, and uh, technique stuff as well, you know. I'm thankful for the opportunity with Dan Henderson and whatnot too. But um, me, I'm just, you know, I'm taking it one one day at a time. Um, I'm, I'm getting ready for, you know, uh, whatever fight I may have coming up next. And uh I, I'm definitely just going to take it one fight at a time and um, definitely trying to make, you know, the UFC a new home for me. I think I got a little bit more of an advantage being young, you know, and uh, people people see me on the show and, uh, you know, their perspective and of me may be that I'm a, you know, immature uh, punk teenager or whatever, and some people may think that I'm more mature, but either way, I think that I'm going to have fans that want to watch me and see me grow um, throughout throughout the years and, uh, you know, see me grow with the sport and whatnot and watch me develop into a better fighter. That's what I'm hoping for anyways. So just take it well, one Cameron, day at a time and see what happens. <laughs> well, Cameron, I think that's a great note to end on. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Hopefully we can do this again. Um, and we, will, we look forward to seeing your – semi-final fight and uh whatever we get to see from you next in the ufc that'd be great is there is it can i just make a quick uh a quick shout out real quick absolutely one of my sponsors um i'd like to thank uh west side tattoo from colorado springs they've been with me since day one um another thing that's pretty cool there's a, a um a group out of colorado springs named clever tv they're doing a kind of like an internet tv series on uh my lifestyle as a fighter, um, kind of behind-the-scenes stuff that people don't really get to see. And uh, also, if any fans would like to check it out, I got my own website, CameronDollar.com. Um, shirts on there for sale. Um, so if anybody wants to show their support, check it out. That's about it. All right, Cameron, thank you very much. Thank you, man.